Colossians chapter 3, 12 through 17. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body. And be ye thankful. Let the word of God dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with Grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Amen. Precious Lord, thank you for your word. Father God, let us take the commands of God seriously. Let us take the admonitions of God seriously. Let us Look at the word of God, Father God, and apply it to our world and to our lives and to our families. Father, thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 In the the fellowship hall, I've sent it out a year ago. I think I sent it to, I know I sent it to Sylvia. She said she didn't get it, but I know I sent it to her. 1,050 commands found in the New Testament. A command a command is an admonition, an admonishing. A command is an urging, an urging, or, or, or pers- trying to persuade someone. Could be pushy. Some people would probably call me pushy, okay? You know, you, you, you see what's going on in, in Akron where, where the young man where the young man got shot 60 times running from the police and, and, and what's happening there, you're getting people coming from all over the country. You got people coming from Wisconsin. They got people coming from the South. They, I mean, they're coming in there and, and they're trying to incite. They're trying to incite the people to, to cause damage and to actually do to Akron what they've done to Atlanta when they had the George Floyd thing. And, and the reason I use that illustration, but that's what really the word, the, the word incite means or the word persuade means or the word exhort means. It's trying to get someone to do something. It's trying to get someone to do something. So, so Paul, and I, I really didn't know what scripture I wanted to use to, to open this text up. And open up this series because I was, I was saying this is going to be a three-year series. A three-year series. I'm going to be preaching in three years for the next three years. How about it, Margaret? I'm going to preach the, 10, the 1,050 commands in the Bible. Amen. Mm-hmm. Somebody, where do you get that from? Here's where I get it from. In Acts chapter 20. Turn there, please. Really interesting. We've covered some of this. But, but we're going to talk about these commands because the word of God, the word of God is a command. The, the word of God is a command. When you anybody have the definition of what a sermon is, think about this. 
How, how would you define sermon? I know I'm talking to you, and, and, but how would you des- define what a sermon is? Somebody say, well, what's a sermon? A sermon, by, by definition, is a long, tedious piece of ammunition. That's what a sermon is. So we've turned sermons in, sermons now is like being in a classroom. Some churches like being in a classroom, you know, and you got a PowerPoint on a wall, and, and, and that's not a sermon. Okay, a sermon is, is, is a speech on conduct or duty. How about that? That's what a sermon was. People didn't want to hear it. We talked about that this morning with Micah. They want to hear Micah preach the sermon. He preached what thus saying the Lord. That's what a sermon is. People didn't want to hear it. Killed all the prophets. The apostles came back, preached sermons. People didn't want to hear it. Killed all the, all the apostles. Okay, Ain't popular. Acts 20 and 28 through 31 or 30, excuse me, yeah, 31. I'll stop at 31. Watch what Paul, watch what Paul says about preaching. He says, take heed therefore of yourse- unto yourselves and to the flock which the, which the Holy Ghost have made you Overseers. Now, preachers are overseers. Now, overseer is another word for preachers. So if Jeremy came up here and said, Pastor, I'm preaching this week, and, 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 and he will be the overseer. Same with Jacob. He was the, the preach. He would be considered an overseer. And he would have a duty as an overseer. Now, here's the duty of an overseer. To feed the church of God, Amen. which he had purchased with his own blood. Okay, now it's not he's not doing it for style points. It's not about showmanship. Okay, it's about a serious declaration of the word of God. He says in verse twenty nine, for this I know, for I know this that after my departing, grievous wolves shall shall enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Now, now think about this. Now, I listen to Jake pray, okay? I might walk around here, I listen to Jake pray, and I listen to people on the outs talk to me, and they say, well, the reason I don't go to church is because hypocrites. The reason I don't go to church is because preachers want your money, and the reason I don't go to church because, 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 because. Okay? But before you made all those excuses, God already knew that the church was going to face some hardships. But he still said, do not forsake the assembly of the church. So it's not a matter of, it's hypocrites in the church. Hypocrites ain't new to the church. Paul said right here, he said, I know this. He said, there's some grievous wolves in here right now. Paul Paul didn't care. He said, right now, there's grievous wolves. Listen to me. Jesus preached all all, all the time. And who was was always listening? Judas. Mm -hmm. Did it stop him from preaching? No. He said, he said, I call, I call 12, and one of you is the devil. So Paul says this in verse 29. I'm going to keep moving. He said, For I know this, that after my departing, after I go to Rome where I'm being called to go, shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Watch this in verse 30. Also, also of your own self shall men arise speaking perverse things. To draw away disciples after them. Y'all get that? 
to draw away disciples after them. What's, what's our job? The job of the preacher, the job of the church is to point people to Christ, Amen. not to myself. Amen. Okay? Therefore, here's my verse. Here's where I get my three years. Here's where I get my three-year plan from. Paul said, therefore, watch and remember. Watch and remember. You can't remember nothing you don't know. Amen. Okay? That's why some people ain't got nothing on their minds. Because nothing's been put in their minds. But foolishness. Amen. Okay? Watch and remember that by the space of three years, here's Paul, by the space of three years, I cease not to warn everyone night and day with tears. How about that? And that word warn, that word warn means to, to admonish, again, to call attention to something, to, uh, to mild rebuke when needed, to admonish, to exhort, to push people along. Paul's trying to make people stronger. Okay? You ought to be stronger every time you hear the word of God. It ought to strengthen you. Okay? Paul, Paul preached with tears. His exhortation was with tears because he understood that the false teachers was preaching a doctrine that was going to lead a lot of people down the wrong paths. Down the wrong paths. So, so when we look at our text today, when we look at our text today, do you see the commands? I highlighted them in, the, I highlighted them in those five verses in Colossians 3, 12 through 17. There's commands in there. There's commands in there. When you leave here today, go into the fellowship hall and grab one of those little pamphlets I made. And they got, it, has the, it has the 1,050 commands in the Bible. We're going to try to cover them all. Amen. We're going to try to cover them all. Amen. Because this is, people need to know what the Word of God says about things. Amen. Okay? Paul here, command right off the bat. Right off the bat in verse 12 of, of Colossians 3.12, he's given a command. Get used to reading the Bible and, and seeing, the, seeing this command. You see the command there? Put on. That's a command. That's not a suggestion. Paul saying, put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy. Put on mercy. Put on kindness. Put on humbleness of mind and meekness and long-suffering. That's your armor. That's, the, that's what you put on. You know, when you when you know as a as a police or a correction officer, when I was a when I worked in the prison, when I put on my uniform, there were certain things I put on. I had my duty belt, put it, made sure I had my 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 keychain there, my cuff handcuff holder, my pepper spray, all that kind of stuff. You put on. When you wake up in the morning as as a Christian, the Bible said we ought to put on some stuff. Amen. Okay, Amen. shouldn't be caught without mercy. You shouldn't be caught without your kindness. You shouldn't be caught not being humble. You ought to always have your meek, meekness. <clears throat> and you ought to be patient or long-suffering. Verse 12, command number two. This is a command also. Forbearing one another. How about that? Forbearing one another. What's that mean, forbearing one another? Being, being ready to put up with some stuff. Okay? Christine was saying this morning, you know, there was a time when the church was, church was full. A lot of reasons why, why the church is not full because folks were not equipped. 
thin-skinned. Some don't go they way, the carpet ain't there, the color they want, or, or, or whatever. Church too hot, church too cold. We had no forbearance. You gotta deal with some people. Got a lot of different personalities in here. Imagine a church with 500 people, all coming from different parts of, uh, of different DNAs, different ways of thinking. You gotta put up with some stuff. I hear it all the time. Reason people, people are the reason people don't go to church. How about that? Keep your eyes on God. Keep your eyes on God. Forbearing one another. Here we go. And forgiving one another. These are commands. These aren't suggested. Because if you've got a hard time forgiving, how do you deal with the fact that God has forgiven you? If you have a hard time forgiving one another, how can you accept the forgiveness of God? Let me tell you something. You can't go to heaven without God forgiving you. And if you if you on your way to heaven because God has forgiven you, but you can't forgive people down here, there's a problem. Watch what Paul says, because this must have been an issue in this church. Paul said, forgiving one another. And he said, if any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do you. How about that? You think about what Christ did for you. You think about how he forgave you. Imagine being unforgiven. I can't. I can't. And above all these things, here go another command in verse 14. You see it? And above all these things, put on charity. Put it on. Put on love. Walk around, walk around in love. Now that's not talking about walking around loving everybody. I love you. I love you. I love you. No. Anyway, that's not what it's saying. Put on the love of God. Okay, start try try seeing light through God's eyes. See, sometimes we get saved. Sometimes we get saved. We don't. We forget how, how we were when we were unsaved. Okay, we forget the hole that God brought us out of, and 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 God brought us out of our hole through His love. How do I know that? For God so loved the world. For God so loved the world that He did what He gave. He gave His only begotten Son. Why? That whosoever believeth in Him. Should not perish but have everlasting life. So as God loved, we ought to love. Some folks just need to be, they're going to be loved out of their mess. And, and love, sometimes love is tough. You know, I mean, some people think, well, you know, lovey-dovey, lovey-dovey, love is all mushy, mushy, mushy. No, sometimes love smack you upside your head. Amen. I never doubted that my father loved me. Amen. I never did. Sometimes love is tough. Sometimes it is. Sometimes love is tough. Love don't always say yes. Amen. Sometimes love say no. Amen. I know y'all know what I'm talking about. Okay. Let's look at some another command in, in verse 15. And let the peace of God rule in your heart. Okay? That word let, that word let is an interesting word. Okay, that's not, that's not, that's not, you know, when you have a decision in this. That's not, well, you know, I can decide whether to let God or not to let God. No, 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 no. That's a command. That's saying, let, okay, let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Okay, that's right. That's right. 
Let the, word, let the peace of God rule in your heart. We're going to talk about the peace of God in a minute here. Okay? To which also ye are called in one body and be ye thankful. I didn't even, I didn't even highlight that. But we're commanded to be thankful. Okay? See? Be thankful for what you got. See, y'all know that. See, some of y'all know the rest of that. Jake don't know the rest of that. But some of y'all know the rest of that. Just be thankful for what you got. See? Diamond in the back. Sunroof top. Digging the scene with a gangster lean. See? Jake, you didn't know that, did you? We used to jam to that back in the day. Until we studied it. Let the peace of God rule in your heart. Somebody say, get out of the way. Amen. Let the peace of God rule in your heart. You know, know why? Because a heart without peace is not a heart filled with God. Okay? A heart without peace is not a heart filled with God. Let me keep going. Hold on. Stay with me. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Rule mean what? Okay. You, you, you're not going to sit here and challenge God. If God, say, if God say yes, it means yes. God say no, it means no. Okay. If God says go, it means go. If God says stay, it means stay. Because God is ruling in the heart of his people. See, we don't like it. We, we don't, we don't want to be ruled. We want to be the boss. Okay. Well, you, you know, you, you can't talk about, I got the spirit of God in you and you the boss. If the spirit of God is dwelling in you, the spirit of God is the boss. Amen. Okay. Amen. So when, so when, when it, when it said, let the peace of God rule in your heart, he said, let the peace of God rule in your heart. It's pretty simple. God is boss over his children. And if we're God's children, he's our boss. Okay. And, and, and let me say this. Peace. Peace is evidence that you're a child of God. You tell, you show me a person who don't have any peace. It's hard to, it's going to be hard for you to convince me that this person is a child of God because peace is part of it. Now, you know, and if you're not in peace down here, you're not going to heaven. Let me put it like that. Amen. You're not going to heaven if you're not in peace down here. You run around here and every day, every day is a, every day is, is just turmoil and chaos. You ain't taking that mess to heaven. Amen. Seriously, you can sit outside, you be knocking all you want. Let me let me give you a scripture. Romans 14, 17. Watch this. I don't know who I was talking to recently. And 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 and, and we were just sharing and talking. It was a, it was a, some, a brother in the Christ, or maybe a sister. And I was talking to, and I said, you know what? You 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 got to put a scripture on that. My name, I met some different people this week, some Christians, and I was talking to in in chapter training I'm going through. And I said, you got to back that up with scripture. Listen, three things that's going to happen in the kingdom, based on Romans fourteen seventeen. Watch what it says: For the kingdom of God. Is not meat or drink. Not having a great time. See these glorified bodies ain't gonna really need no meat. And you ain't gonna be barbecuing. You ain't gonna have no pit boss in heaven. You know I'm having a barbecue. Ain't not. 
You don't need all these glorified bodies. They don't need no nutrition like that. See, the kingdom of God is not meat or drink. Here it is. Here's what it is. But righteousness. Being right with God. Being right with God. And the only way you're going to be right with God is to know him. You can't be right with somebody you don't know. You can't be right with somebody you don't know. Righteousness. Here's the, here's the three things that you're going to find in heaven. Righteousness and peace. There it is. And peace. Know why you're going to be at peace when you get to heaven? Because everything's going to be taken care of. Everything's going to be taken care of. You're going to have peace. Okay? Buried a lady yesterday. Buried a lady yesterday. And, and, and she took advantage of hospital services. And she said, you know what? I, 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 I'm, I, I, need, to, I need to find peace. I said, I can help you. I can help you find peace. Give her some scriptures. Here we go. She's not getting to heaven without peace. She knew that. Watch this. For the kingdom of God is not having a good time. Meat and drink. Do that while you're down here. But righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. How about that? And joy in the Holy Ghost. So, you know what? You got to be right with God. Being right with God is going to lead you to have peace. And having that peace is going to give you joy. This joy I have, the world didn't give it to me. And the world can't take it away. If the world can take away your peace, if you can come in here. Listen, I've been, I've been doing this a long time. Y'all been knowing me a long time. Y'all haven't seen me coming up in here grumpy and everything. Because when God saved me, gave me peace. Amen. Okay? Helps to have a peaceful wife. <laughs> okay. Okay. Look at look at Psalms 29 and 11. Seriously. Seriously, watch, watch, watch Psalms 29 and 11. Because God's people, God's people are identified by their peace. He said the Lord will give you, will give strength unto his people. Okay? See, this was, this was, guess what gets me when I see Christians walking around just beat all up. Wore out. The world that wore them out. They got no strength. No strength for service. No strength for prayer. No strength. No strength. No commitment. I'm sitting here like, wait a minute. The Lord will give strength unto his people. That's the scripture. Okay? So if he calls you to do something, he's going to give you what? Strength to do it. He ain't going to call you to do nothing and, 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 and not equip you. Not take care of you. That's, how I, that's what gets me. I hear somebody, preachers begging. Well, it's my birthday. It's my pastor's anniversary. It's my wife's anniversary. Always begging. God calls you. He's going to take care of you. He ain't going to leave you. He's not going to leave you broke. <laughs> He's not. The Lord will give strength unto his people. I don't know. I can't, I, it's hard for me to go any further with that verse. It's just so self-explanatory. So if you're walking around here, you weak, weak in the mind, weak in the body, weak in the spirit, something wrong. And it ain't God. The Lord will give you strength. He will give strength unto his people. Watch this. The Lord will bless his people with peace. Amen. That's what God does. 
That's what God does. He's going to give you strength and he's going to bless you with peace. See, some people, they, well, I need a new car, a new house. He ain't saying nothing about that. Amen. He said he's going to bless you with strength. Maybe he'll give you strength to go out and earn that. Amen. Okay? Maybe, maybe, maybe you got the formula or the equation backwards. He'll give you strength to go out and get you a car. A nice, I mean, however you, harder you want, how hard you want to work, he'll give you strength to get it. Okay? See, yeah. so you see him, you know, it's a miracle. I woke up and a car was in my garage. Here's, here's the verse. Here's the verse. After I explained to the, to the, to the lady yesterday, after I explained to her family, because I, I just wanted her family to know that we had some conversations. Me and Miss Kidder had some conversations. Okay? And, and she wanted she wanted peace with God. Amen. Okay? So I asked her, I said, I said, Miss Kidder, do you believe John 3.16? She said, yes. I said, you know what it means to believe. Do you believe that Jesus Christ, y'all know it, y'all know it. Do you believe that Jesus was, was born of a virgin? That he, that he lived a sinless life for 33 years? That he was crucified on the cross? Then by this time, they was chiming in with me. You know, I let them know. And they was saying, I said, and he was buried. And then somebody said, in a tomb. I said, no, in a borrowed tomb. But he ain't needed long. He was buried in a borrowed tomb. And on the third day, he rose. And he didn't just rise. He rose with all power. So you believe all that? She said, I believe all that. She said, oh, oh, listen, ain't nothing else I can do, but here's, here's, here's what all that means. Here's what all that means. When you believe John 3, 6, and you believe that he died for your sins and rose from the grave, when you believe all that, Paul says this in, in Romans 5, 1. Watch this. Therefore, being justified by faith, if you have the faith to believe all John 3, 16, what it means, you've been justified by faith. You have placed your faith in the, in the risen Savior. Okay, you believe all that, and everybody don't. Everybody don't. Therefore, being justified by your faith, by your believing that Jesus died for your sins, watch this. We have peace with God. How else would Paul have peace? How else would Paul have peace if he didn't if he didn't believe that he was justified by his faith in God? Paul was a Paul was chief sinner. He was the worst of the worst. He, he said it himself. He said, I was the worst of all people. How else would he have even thought that his sins would, could be forgiven if he did not place faith in the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ? Paul said, I got peace. That's what he was saying in Romans 5, 1. He said, therefore, Amen. being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through his death burial and resurrection. Watch what he says now in verse 2. Interesting. By whom we also, by whom we also, by whom also we have access by faith into his grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. What's Paul saying? He said we got access to God by faith. Meaning, meaning if we do get our, find ourselves in a pickle, if we do find ourselves in need of, 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 of strength and a little more grace and a little more peace. Paul said we have access by faith, by our faith, we have access into his grace, into his favor. How about that? 
That's a beautiful place to be. If that don't, if that don't give you peace, there's nothing else in the word of God that's going to give you peace. If you don't have peace by the fact that you are a child of God and you have access to God by your faith in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Whew. You know what you can do when you have that kind of peace? You know what you can do when you have that kind of faith? You know what you can do when you have that kind of grace? This is good. You can glory when all hell break out in your life. Think about that. Think about that. I know, put a scripture on the passage. Yeah, here it is right here. Verse number three. And not only so, watch this. And not only so, Paul saying this. We, but we glory in tribulations. Excuse me. We glory in tribulations. How about that? Ain't nobody in the world able to say that. A person that don't know the Lord can't say that. Now, it's, 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 it's like we were saying this morning in Sunday school. Something crazy happens in our world. If something crazy happens in our world, we want to be able to, as people of God, even though we are hurt, even though we are damaged, even though we are brokenhearted, we want to say to God, we want to say to God, give me enough strength and enough peace and enough grace to give you glory in this tribulation. It's going to hurt. It's going to be painful. It's going to be troubling. But we want to, But the first thing that's going to come to our mind is we are a child of God. And, and, and no matter what is going on in our world, we want to give God glory. We want our glory in this tribulation. Now we're not poking fun at it. We're not laughing at it. We're not taking it lightly. But we still remember that God is faithful. Amen. And we want to give you glory in whatever situation we may find ourselves in good, bad, or indifferent. That's why when you read Paul's letters, nearly every letter he wrote to the people of God, he always started off with grace and peace be to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. It was just important to Paul. It was just important to Paul to make sure that his people understood that they needed grace and peace. And it was not coming from the Senate. It's not coming from the Congress. It's not coming from the commission, county commissioners. It's not coming from the White House. It's not coming from none of that. It's going to come from God. Amen. It's going to come from God. Look at, verse, look at verse 16. Watch this. Another command. I'm, I'm going to get all I can out of these verses today. <laughs> Let the word of Christ, there's our word let again, get out of the way. Get out, see we sometimes we can't see, see a lot of times Jake, when people, people can't, can't see God in the church because they see the people. The people that put themselves in God's place when they come to church, they see people. They don't see God at work. Clowning around, people, people stretching. You know, you know, some people, some people before church start, they stretching because they get ready to run. They get ready to run all up and down the church and act a fool. So they stretching, you know, uh, uh, you know, getting. I don't want to pull a hamstring. Don't laugh at me because I get crazy. Because they, they, they looking for, they looking for excitement. They looking for entertainment. They looking for, you know, they looking for what they see on TV. And then you preach the word of God to them. And they, oh, that's boring. I don't want to hear that. I want some excitement. This is exciting. Amen. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly and always. That word dwell. That word dwell means take up residence. 
This not this not like you going to stay in, you know, you're going to stay at the Holiday Express. You're there for a couple of days. No, you know, no. No, this is a permanent occupation of your physical body. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. How? Teaching and admonishing one another and psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart. See, some people can let the word of God dwell in them because some, even some teachers and preachers, they can't, they can't be told nothing. They get, they get so thin-skinned you can't even question them. That's not biblical. That's not biblical. In Acts 17, 11, Paul, Paul said the people of Berea were more noble than those of Thessalonians because they came back days after. They asked questions. They questioned Paul. They wanted to make sure not only was he teaching the right thing, but they was receiving the right thing. It's biblical. Biblical. He let the word of God dwell in you richly. The word that has been preached to you. you can't, it can't dwell in you richly if you never open up the Bible. You never open up the Bible. You never, you never, you never talk to God. You never come to Sunday school. You never go to church. The word of God ain't dwelling in you richly. It's not dwelling in you at all. It's not dwelling in you at all. Let it dwell in you richly. Richly. I got as much as I could out of them. Let me give you one more. Let me. Or let this. And I'm going to go. We're going to do this for three years. I hope everybody can hang in there with me. (laughs) Someone said, I hope I'm here in three years, you know. (laughs) See? Lord, don't let me go. See, now you got an excuse. Lord, don't take me now because I want to finish my pastor's sermon. See, See, that's how you do Okay, God may do like he did Hezekiah. I'm going to give you three more years. <laughs> okay. Listen, let this, mind, let this mind be in you. Here's where here to go. That's a command. Paul's writing to the Philippian church now in Philippians 2 and 5. He said, let this mind be in you. Okay? Which was also in Christ Jesus. Whoa, that's deep. Get out of the way. Let this mind be in you. He points to Christ as an example of humility and concentration and and good to others. Let this mind be in you. What kind of mind is that? What kind of mind did did Christ have? Because Paul said the same mind that Christ had, you ought to have. You ought to desire. You ought to want. Let this mind be in you, which which was also in Christ Jesus. He was humble. He was loving. He was patient. How patient was God? Think about that. Think about it. He's preaching and he's teaching and he's always being disturbed. He's always being, he's always been being interrupted. He's, he's preaching and they cut a hole in the ceiling. He's preaching and somebody pulling on his robe. He's preaching. And people are just blaring out, asking questions. And he's preaching. And he, and, and he never, he, he, listen, I've heard preachers tell people to get the kids out of church because they're making noise. I, I think that was that's the whole that was the whole invention of pre what's it what they call that kitty church kitty church because the preacher can't get interrupted. We don't you don't want to interrupt the preacher. Jesus was interrupted all the time. Amen. He was interrupted all the time. Amen. Church had to be noisy. It had to be noisy. Imagine somebody sawing through the roof. 
Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. Think about the world we live in. Think about the, the mind that's in the people of this world. Think about, think about the mind that would have to be in an individual that would walk into a school and shoot kids. What kind, think about the mind that's in that individual. Think about the mind that's in an individual who, who would put on gear and walk into a store and say, I'm just shooting black people today. Think, what, think about the mind that's in that person. Okay, Think about that. Think about that kind of mind. You know, people say, what's happening to our world? Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Call of Duty. Call of Duty. They have 20 versions of it. You know what it teaches people to do? What does it teach people to do? Shoot people. Now, some people can handle it, some people can't. Survey came out this week that, that, that 25% of all Americans are on some kind of psychiatric medication. One in four. That means one in four people, one in four people you see. And that's if they're taking it. You, you just can't walk in a right aid. I used to tell the, the kids at the prison, I say, you, you know, you, they got you on this medication. They got you on all this medication, okay? And it's got you under control while you're here. But you just, when you get out of here, you're not going to just walk in the right aid and they're going to give it to you. It's some, it's, some, it's some bad people walking around on these streets who, who, not, who are mentally not able to understand that black ops, black ops, Cold War and Vanguard and Infinite Warfare, and Grand Theft Auto and Doom and Mortal Kombat is just a game. Uh-huh. Yeah, amen. It's just, it, it, some people can, some people, you know, we done raised our kids on this stuff. And then when they, when they get older, they start smoking dope and getting high and, and all this stuff, all these chemicals, and they already chemically imbalanced. Okay, well, okay. Who goes up onto a roof and shoot people at a 4th of July parade? Who, who gets in a car and just rides through a crowd of people? I mean, can you imagine? They, people, I, I mean, I hit a squirrel. I'm, I'm still thinking about the squirrel spinning around in the, in the street. Could you imagine riding through a crowd of people purposely? What kind of mind is that? Okay? You got a whole, you got a whole bunch of folk out of here. All kind of minds. Sports minds. Hip-hop mind. Hip-hop mind. Boy crazy mind. Girl crazy mind. Wow. Right. Bible said, let this mind be in you. Which was also in Christ Jesus. Amen. See, this is, see, see, this, this is what's wrong with the world. People, people act like, I don't know, Pastor. Pastor, you should get a Nobel Peace Prize. No, that's just common sense. You give, you give a six, seven-year-old. You know, we used to get foster kids. They come to the house. They want, hey, oh, Miss Cindy, can I get black? No, Cindy wouldn't let them play that stuff in the house. You go down there and look at it. I'm like, that's crazy. Turn that off. You ain't watching that in here. Amen. Amen. Good. I had to shoot one of y'all. Okay. <laughs> Seriously. Everybody ain't cut for it. Everybody ain't cut for it. Okay? Let let your moderation be known unto all men. There's another let. 
There's another letter. I'm going to close with this one. In Philippians 4 and 5, I, watch this. He says, Paul, right into the Philippians. And, and again, these were good. this was Paul's favorite church. Of all the churches that Paul loved, this was his favorite church. He says, let your moderation be known unto all men. Okay? The Lord is at hand. What do you mean, let your moderation? Let it be known unto all men. Your, your, your moderation is your, your even temper, your mind. The, the fact that you are able to govern all your sensual appetites. And I know they get out of control. Don't you sit here and think that I'm some goody two-shoes. That, that, that these, this flesh can get wacky. But greater is he that is in you than, than he that is in the world. So Paul said, let your moderation be known unto all men that the Lord is working in you or that the Lord is at hand. And then, and then he says, and when your flesh gets out of control, watch what Paul says in verse 6 of Philippians 4 or 5. He says, and be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be known unto God. See the man or woman of God that really truly loves the, loves the Lord. He don't want his moderation to get out of control. When that moderation do get out of control, he's pleading and begging God, God, don't, 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 don't make me, don't embarrass me. Don't let me embarrass myself with the crazy flesh. Keep it under control. Give me strength. And then before he even, before God even answers the prayer, he, he, he says, thank you. He says, thank you. He says, thank you. Because we are called to shine. Paul, Jesus, in his own words, he says in Matthew 5, 16, he said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your moderation. They may see your good works and glorify your father, which is in heaven. Ain't that amazing? Ain't that amazing? As children of God, as men and women of God, we walk in, we walk in this earth, we walk in a fallen world, and people see it. They know where we come from. They know we, they know we this is flesh is, is for real and live and active, but they see us walking with it under somewhat control, and they glorify God because they know it ain't us. They know we ain't one. Some people walking around and thinking they got it all together, and they think they did it. The child of God, the man or woman of God is walking around saying, you know what, Lord, thank you. For not letting me be a disgrace. Because that's what we would be without God. So I, I, would, I would always tell, tell the officers. They would look down on the inmates. They would look down on them. Like, how could he do that? Or how could she do that? Or how could they commit that kind of crime? I say let me tell you something. By the grace of God. By the grace of God. There go you. They're not a sin. I used to say it all the time. I tell you, it's like a broken record. They're not a sin. There's not a sin in this book. There's not a sin in this roster of inmates that I could not commit. Amen. Not one. You mean you could do, I listen, if God take his hand on me, then there, there's no limit. There's no limit. And if you think you got it, you, you think on your own. Bible verse, let a man... Let a man, see, where Deacon Nelms at? Where let a man take heed of himself, lest he also fall. Amen. Amen.
put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind and meekness, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. And if any man have a quarrel against another, even as Christ forgave you, so also do you. And above all things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness and let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which also you are called in one body and be ye thankful. And let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Amen.